the myriad lives that make up the Fondin Valley. Plant, animal, mortal, and fey are imperiled by emissaries of chaos, darkness, and indifference. The valley knows it cannot protect itself, so it cries for help. You can hear it, can't you? If you answer its call, you can tip the balance in the coming fight, yes. But to take up this mantle of guardian is not without risk. So you must understand for what you fight. You will think that what I have to say to you cannot be understood, but it can be. You can come to understand what I will speak about, like all things, through what you already know. So we must begin there. You know nothing. What you believe you know is a twisted and incomplete imitation of the truth. Like a pure light filtered through a frosted lens. You cannot know, for that of which I speak came before you. Before this valley and the people in it. Before the foundations of the cosmos were laid. And in this place, far outside the conceptions of mortal minds, there was only the churning, indeterminate shadow of what would be. From this swirling chaos the gods arose, and, unified in will, wove order into the resisting madness. They prevailed, though not all survived. And when the battle between life and darkness was over, the gods made a monument to their victory, and consecrated a gatekeeper to watch over the graves of the fallen, and keep the lingering darkness at bay. That monument was and is the cornerstone for their creation, and it rests here, where you now stand. Your whole life rests upon this ethereal foundation. It is a veil, no thicker than a whisker, that unseen holds aloft all you care for and more. This is why you are needed, and this is for what you would fight. Because the veil hides itself from every tale, its gate too warped and fragile, the cornerstone lays cracked and frail. So its guardians rely on guile, till stirred by violent mortal wails, their herald works slow all the while. A cursed hand rends the veil. Or well, so the story goes, but well, you know, most folks around here in the Fondin Valley don't really believe in all those tall tales. And why would they? They're good, simple sort of folk just trying to get on. And I am just an old man droning on in his stories. Apologies for taking up your time, friend. What, what was it you said you needed again? You feel like you have just been pulled out of a dream. You were waiting on a guy to take you through the forest, but you don't remember striking up conversation with this stranger. The wily old coot leans across his rickety shack as he speaks to you. You're on a poorly kept dirt crossroads, encircled by trees and the sounds of the forest on all sides. Above the shack is a crude sign reading, Wily Graham's Respite. 
and through the wild white hair of the stranger, you're able to catch a glimpse of his wares. Uh, he's got some old equipment, frayed roofs, and old jars on shelves filled with colorful, you think, uh, liquids? Uh, too obscured by dust and age to discern their true contents. The man's beard hangs over the side of his shack and tickles the top of another smaller sign stuck into a large bucket of water that reads, Hieronymus. His wide eyes seem friendly, and he wears an honest grin, uh, if little else. Uh, Wiley looks over at you, Liz, and says, What what can I do you for, friend? Hello. <laughs> I'm uh, just passing through. Sorry. You see a handsome 425-pound turtle with long, sharp claws. Drew Deer is a male turtle. You can tell by the red coloring of his eyes and his shell that are slightly faded due to age. And his hand-carved quarter staff has engravings of unicorn, good berries, and forest creatures. Oh, my, what a fine staff that is. A friend of the critters, no doubt, but now what's that with the horn? Oh, well, thank you for noticing. I've been working on the staff for a very long time. Um, that is... That is an image of my friend, Philip. I knew him many, many years ago. Um, he's a beautiful unicorn, don't you think? Well, yes, he is a fine, handsome unicorn. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you. I'm sorry to drudge up a painful memory, friend. I tell you what, can I interest you in... Uh, and the old man reaches behind uh, his shack and rummages around into something and eventually places one of those jars in front of you. Uh, in it, you see resting on kind of wooden spits uh, some kind of curled meat. And he says, can I interest you in a... Pickled eel? A pickled eel? Ah, delicacy. That sounds amazing. Indeed. Uh, on the house, and he proffers one over to you. <laughs> I'm gonna rip into that pickled eel. Great. Uh, give me a constitution <laughs> saving throw, please, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I roll a four. Okay. Uh, nothing Total. happens. Uh, you're, you're actually pretty sure uh, that that eel was not dead. Um, as you wiggle it down, uh, you, you choke back, uh, the eel and you think you're going to vomit, but you actually realize you can't. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, you feel a kind of restless stirring in your stomach for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Wiley laughs and he says, delicious, aren't they? Caught them myself, pickled them in my own brine. That, that's something else. I can't say that I've had anything like it recently. I should say so. Uh, and about that time, a small gnome emerges, riding uh, atop of a golden retriever's back. He's got a little saddle and various bags on him, um, and he waves to you, uh, and he says, "Ah, good job, Hieronymus. We found our way through." He pats his dog on the back as he as he sort of uh, desaddles him and, and hops off. Uh, he waves to Wiley uh, as the other two come out, and Hieronymus uh, quickly runs to the bucket that bears his name. Oh, great! I'll, I'll say hello. I'm Drew Deer. How do you do? Hello, hello. Glad to make your acquaintance. I'm Ingus, a respected guide here in the forest. Then you see a young half-elf male wearing clean traveler's clothes and an an untarnished chainmail. He is tall and slender and sports shoulder-length blonde hair. He carries an overstuffed backpack, a quiver full of javelins, and a greatsword. I'm Bast. 
Uh, greetings and well met. Yeah, nice to meet you. Welcome. Try the eel. Sounds delicious. Behind Bast, you see a uh, waif-like young man with uh, messy uh, brown hair that looks unwashed, uh, covered in tattered and ragged oversized clothes with uh, leather armor sort of uh, tucked underneath, so to speak. And he's carrying a traveler's pack, uh, just kind of slung over his shoulder like a knapsack. And he appears to be following uh, Bast a few feet behind somewhat uh, quizzically, inspecting him almost. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I just uh, was paying a whole lot of attention. Um, uh, do, do, you, do you want to you, you want to know my name? Yes, please. Oh, sorry. I'm Felix. 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 That brings us to something very important here. It's very important that we all know each other's names as we travel through the forest. Names are powerful things here, and they go a long way. Uh, so it's really important that we share all that information. Okay. Well, I mean, Felix is my name, but I made it up. Um, I don't know my real name. Oh, he says, uh, all names are made up, but they're still powerful. Uh, at that point, uh, he says, we're waiting on two others. Uh, and at that point, uh, we see emerge from the opposite direction in which you guys came, another figure. Emerging from the forest on a, a bit of a less well-trodden path, not a hard road, um, but kind of a path through the forest, um, you see a young man. And even under the loose-fitting garments he wears, you can tell he's still in that awkward all knees and elbows phase. Despite his awkwardly long limbs, beneath the wide-brimmed strawed hat, you see a thin face, dominated by a cautious smile and a gleam in his bright blue eyes. And he looks up and says, Oh, um, hi, I'm Winthrop. Uh, Winthrop Pittman. Uh, Winthrop, that's right. Uh, you're my next contact. All right, so one more, then, is all we're waiting on. Uh, and he sort of looks around, uh, and he says, it's supposed to be a half-orc, pretty rare in these parts. Uh, he looks over at Wiley and says, Wiley, seen any half-orcs? Hmm, seen? No, nope, not seen no half-orcs. And at that point, everyone here is a rustling in the bush. You see a tall half-orc hastily sprinting through the woods in worn leather pants and tunic. Um, he has a great axe slung across his back, and he has a very heavy-laden traveler's sack as well on his back underneath the axe. Ah, uh, uh, great. Sorry, I wasn't getting a lot of info. Uh, what's your name, friend? You fit the description. Uh, 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 Ukog? Ukog. Well, friend, you're welcome here if you're my contact. Uh... Yes. Uh, Ingus looks around for a moment, seemingly inspecting the tree line, shrugs and says, Good enough for me in these parts. Well, folks, uh, it's time to talk about what's going to happen from here on out. From here on out, my rules are the only rules. Ingus is in charge. Got that? I hear ya. Absolutely. When you say it's the only rules, do you mean... There aren't any other rules, or just that your rules are above the other rules? Or... Nope, nope. I mean that, in fact, there are no rules at all no whatsoever. No Party! Yep. Uh, but uh, I do have some helpful heuristics that we help that we can follow that'll guide us through the forest and to safety. 
uh, we're all headed to Duggan, I think. Uh, and he kind of sighs and he says, you know, it's kind of sad. Disappearances like this, they happen all the time around here in the forest. Uh, and do you know what the main cause of it is? Any of you? Why, why don't you tell us on the way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ukog's like kind of eyeing the forest, uh, ready to go. <laughs> okay, yeah, so he's like, uh, uh, right, uh, he says, first we've got to get prepared. Um, and he says, well, the main reason that, that the people disappear is because they don't follow my rules. Uh, and he says, now, rule number one, stock up, okay? Did everybody get everything they need from Wiley? Well, not from Wiley, but uh, I got some stuff from uh, some other people. Uh, well, everybody uh, feel well-equipped? Anyone need anything? What, uh, what does, what does Wiley have? Uh, I don't know. Wiley, what have you got on yourself? And, uh, as he turns around to look, you guys notice that the shack and the crazy old coot within it have disappeared. Uh, where it was standing sits Hieronymus the dog. Uh, happily wagging his tail, stirring up the dirt. Wait, the dog is a shack now. <laughs> no, the dog is a dog and always what? been a dog. Why? That's I mean, so the shack amazing. is a dog. The shack is a dog. Y'all, the shack is a dog. That's so what? fantastic. I've wanted to see something like this my whole life. The shack turned into the puppy. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's the. Oh, it's right. not a puppy. It's like a full grown dog. Otherwise, it couldn't accommodate a full shack. So what? Being a part of it. <laughs> What point does puppy become dog? Uh, about a year and a half. Oh, okay. That sounds right. We're overlooking the main thing, which is that that shack turned into the dog, which is wild. And also, does the dog have the road snacks that were in that shack? The the dog is the road snack, right? <laughs> well, uh, Ingus gives you a, a real big steak eye if he does that. <laughs> and he says, friend, uh... <laughs> You can follow my rules and still disappear. Uh, Hieronymus goes untouched. That dog saved more lives than your all, yours will ever be worth. Do you understand? Uh, and so you, as you guys can get a little closer look at Hieronymus, uh, you notice that, yeah, he's, he's this kind of uh, golden retriever. He's, he's a pretty big, though, for a golden retriever. Uh, you think he's got, like, more muscle on him uh, than, than your average one. Uh, and then around his neck is strapped uh, a, one of those kind of, like, rescue dog uh, barrels on it, uh, though there's some strange writing on it that uh, none of you can read. Does it say this is a shack? <laughs> he says, nope, I don't know what it says, uh, but I know what it means. Hieronymus has been around, well, even longer than I have. Uh, he says, he found me out here in this forest, and, well, we've turned out to be a good team. It's my job to guide people through safely. Now, there's some things out here like Wiley, Faye, things that are strange. They can be helpful, they can be harmful, but the most important thing to remember is that they're different. Everything here in the forest is different than what you expect it to be. Oh, that's exactly what I want. It's so exciting. No, no, no. It's exactly what you don't want. You don't know it yet, though. I think you're confused, but uh, that's okay. That's okay. Here are the rules, everyone. Number one, never look up to determine your path. Pick a direction before entering the shadow of the wood and stick to it until you come out. Folks, we're in the shadow of the wood as it stands. So number rule number one really means follow me. Got it, got it. Wait, what if you look up? Then what? Uh you'll you'll see you'll see a precious sight, I'm sure. Uh he says it won't it won't harm you, but just don't think that you could know anything from doing that. Do you understand? 
Rule number one, look down. I write that down. <laughs> That'll do for you. Rule number two, never trust a, bo- a voice you can't locate the source of. If you have to yell, you need to pick a code. For the most part, our real names work. I don't expect that you folks will be traveling back through anytime soon, so it's okay to use them. Uh, he says, you don't want to throw them around too lightly uh, here in the woods. Uh, but he says, uh, for now, we all know each other's names. The spirits don't. The things that might try to trick you don't. So trust that. Mm. Uh, he says, three about the spirits. And he looks over at you, Liz, and he says, did you get anything from Wiley before I showed up? Oh, no. I mean, we had, he gave me an eel. Ooh. You had one of the pickled eels? Yeah, well, it was, it was an eel. Uh, he, he nods and he says, uh, you know, nothing too much to worry about. Uh, and he kind of rubs his stomach and, and has a grimace on his face. And he says, last time I ate one, I didn't sleep right for a week. Ugh. That brings us to rule number three. Respect the spirits, but never trust them. The desires of the departed and the fae are never the same as those of a mortal. And he looks around, actually now you think really carefully at each of your eyes, and he says, and everyone here is mortal. Oh, it's so disappointing. If I'd known, I feel like I could have talked to him for a bit. Don't you think that would be kind of cool, right, if, if, we, if we got to chat with the, uh, the old spirit man? Uh, yeah, and actually, uh, Ingus nods, and he says, Wiley's a benign spirit. Uh, he, he's always done right by me, uh, and he's always had a, a fresh bucket of water for Hieronymus. Uh, some of the spirits you can rely on, but you can't trust them. I don't know what Wiley's goal here is. Nick, I would like to roll a perception check to see if everyone is actually immortal. This will need to be an investigation check. Uh, okay. I think that you're going to be sort of looking for some signs to see if there's like some other weird weirdness things going on. Some paranormal yeah. activity shit. Sure. I rolled a 15. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, everyone here, I mean, there's, that that one thing is a is a tortoise on legs, but everything else is 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 mortal. Uh, yeah, that is buck wild. Yeah, I mean, and and, and so you also notice, uh, yeah, I, I think with a fifteen, yeah, you, you notice that uh, uh, Drudier's age is 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 no joke. Um, that 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 he is, he is quite ancient even for a tortoise, uh, I would say, and that's maybe the closest to godhood. That, that you're going to find among any of uh, the people here. So I think, I at least think that um, uh, Ingus... Yeah, Ingus and Hieronymus a... both look like... Yeah, uh, her, uh, so uh, Ingus is a little older, uh, you think, okay. uh, for, for a gnome, but he's not, but he's still, like, uh, he's, he's maybe a little past his prime, but he's still, like, uh, a fine woodsman. Uh, and Hieronymus is, is a dog with a, with a thing around his neck. Cool. And a saddlebag. Cool, cool. Number four, don't antagonize anything the forest is alive and it will react to protect the parts of itself that it cares about but here's the thing we have no way of telling what those parts are we don't know what a forest thinks is important to itself it might find the tiniest leaf just as important as the greatest tree that would be weird though right have you been listening to what i've been saying son (laughs) some (laughs) it just seems like a weird thing to find important well i guess it depends on the leaf right it could be like a really fancy leaf with like eight points and colors oh, is, is it gold leafing is that what you mean right yeah something fancy i bet you there are fancy leaves all over this forest 
Uh, Ingus lets out a sigh and looks over to the other uh, three of you and goes, all right, I've I've only got two eyes and and Hieronymus has only got one nose. Can you keep an eye on these two? Uh, As he gestures towards uh, Felix and um, Winthrop. Well, I guess I'll do my best. It's okay. I know my way around. I find myself all over the place. Will you shut up, please? I'm so sorry. (laughs) The quicker we're through these rules, the quicker we can go. All right. Don't mean to be a party pooper. That's right. Whatever. Uh, No, no. Uh, Actually, he says that, that that brings us pretty nicely into rule number five. Prudence is the rule here. Rule number five. Bed before lights end and leave before the sun ascends. Got it? Never sleep more than you have to. And never, ever close your eyes without knowing who else is on watch. If you've got a peeper closed, make sure there's another peeper somewhere else on you. Got it? Peepers out. Got it. Boys. Last rule. If any of these rules prove uh, ill-advised or that you are in doubt, only one piece of information is worth having. You can trust Hieronymus. What? He talks? Uh, he, he sighs. <laughs> no, he is a dog. He does not talk. Oh. Um, and he says, the forest nullifies all other norms of common sense. Don't rely on anything you know here if you want to make it out alive. React. Uh, he says, but, hey, I don't, I don't think we're going to have to worry about any of that. I've been doing this for, well, what's it been, Hieronymus? And Hieronymus kind of comes over and sits by uh, Ingus and looks up at him fondly as he gets uh, some good strokes on, on the head. And he says, yeah, 50 years or so we've been doing this. He says, uh, and I've yet to lose anyone. So I think you all make it out alive. Just trust me. Got it? Got it. Well, if your rules have never failed, how do you know they're right? Can't prove a negative. <laughs> so let's move on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He gestures off into the pathway uh, leading further into the forest, uh, and all of you can see now that the various pathways that you've come through are sort of knitting behind you together uh, magically with uh, with plant life and, and uh, roots that cover the way you came. Uh, and the way before you seems to unfold along the similar path. The forest is waiting for you. Ingus looks at him and says, All right, let's go. Hi there. And welcome to the very first episode of PlayQuest. We're a group of friends who love playtesting RPGs and tabletop games and trying to tell a story along the way. I'm Nick, your host and DM for our first campaign in ARC. It's a Dungeons & Dragons campaign made for low-level adventurers called The Veil. Uh, let's introduce the players and their characters of this spoopy dungeon crawl. I'm Liz and I'm playing Drew the Twirtle. Drew Deer is a druid... And he's very old for a turtle. I'm Harrison, and I'm playing Bast, a half-elf paladin who's still working on his catchphrase. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, this is Cal, and I play Felix. And uh, Felix is definitely going to do something that everyone else regrets. He's a half-elf rogue urchin. Hi, I'm Chuck, and I play the half-elf sorcerer Winthrop Pittman, and to my imaginary left is... Hi, I'm Kyle, and I play Ukog, the half-orc barbarian. I am six foot five tall, 250 pounds, and Ukog is single and ready to mingle. (laughs) (laughs) 
Is it because did you need to get out of the the forest so bad because you had like a really bad uh, or you you had a Tinder date yeah. waiting for you and Duggan? <laughs> he was on uh, a literal he's... bumble date. That is to say, a date with a bunch of bumblebees. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, that app went really literal at some point, and Ukog just didn't realize it. It's very very half orc of him. How's everybody doing? Good. Yeah. Doing let's good. Do it. Yeah, let's kick some monster ass. Okay, all right. Everybody's like ready to jump in. I'm sure we won't. It's our first session, so I'm sure we're not going to see any dangerous things. It's just going to be a lot of like get to know you activities. Yeah, like the first, the first good, the first good game is always an icebreaker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like, That's what's your favorite vacation? Um, <laughs> mountains or beach, etc. Well, so uh, I everybody. You guys like ready to keep playing uh, here in in the Fondin Valley? Yeah, it's rock and yep. roll. Yarbles. Yes. Okay. So then, uh, well, why don't we say a little bit uh, more about what we're gonna, what you guys are doing, and a bit how the game works? So you guys are gonna be traveling with Ingus, and you're on your way uh, to one of these places here in the Fondin Valley. It's a small area, uh, just nestled around a bunch of different mountains, um, and you guys are heading to one of the smaller villages there on the outskirts near some mountains called the. Thrones. Uh, they're called the Thrones because supposedly that's where the gods sat uh, after creating life and looked over upon it and said, "Ooh, isn't that that was pretty? That was not so bad." Um, <laughs> Does it look it, like a chair that represents the violence inherent in the system? Is that what it looks like? Um, I guess it depends on who, which which god you worship. <laughs> uh, you guys are on your way there. You all have a missive. Uh, from the Duke here uh, in the uh, capital city of Luft. Uh, and the Duke has told you guys uh, uh, and any kind of adventurers to start investigating various disappearances. They've become more common here in the Valley recently. Um, and so you guys are on your way there for whatever reasons, probably mostly just to earn gold, uh, to do that. So uh, in, th in that case, I think I'm going to turn it over to you. Uh, you guys have got a little bit of the day ahead of you. Uh, I have pre-rolled what's going to happen to you guys today. So, uh, but for now, I'd like to give you guys a little time for your characters to interact and stuff. Just before we start, Nick, I thought I'd tell you that uh, I pre-rolled for my character too, and I got all crits for tonight's session. <laughs> That's really awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that was really good. Yeah, it's good. But so, remember all those rules about how the forest? Does it make sense? Oh, we can't. Yeah, trust yeah. You look up, there, so. wander around. We got it. Here we go. Um, <laughs> Good. So, uh, so I, I kind of know what's going to happen. So I, I'll turn it over to you guys. Um, uh, so Ingus will kind of look at each of you. Um, uh, he's kind of happy uh, to, to move along. Uh, he says it's actually not too far from where you guys are that you'll go and bed down for the night. And he says it's, from there, it's just uh, another half day's travel to, to dug in. So you guys can expect it to be there by uh, the mid to late afternoon tomorrow. Uh, um, oh, great. Yeah, I want let's, to. Let's get, get going. I want to like. Agree pick up my pace a little bit because I imagine that uh, Ukag is like out in the front kind of like, uh, hey guys come on um, in the front. That, I, I sound nothing like that. That is <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, when I get up to him I'm like, hey you were in a big old rush back there huh? What's up? What's what's so important that you're rushing to or from uh yeah it, you know uh to to or from or either either or uh there you know nothing just a little bit of danger 
but uh, that's oh. that's done now. That's over with. What was what was so dangerous? Oh uh, well, uh, nothing Are you now. To seduce him? Yeah, that's, that's clearly. I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> but then he said danger, and I got a little intrigued. <laughs> uh, no, there's it, there was some issues back on the road, but uh, I I took care of it. There's there's nothing to worry about. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, you look like a a boy who can handle himself, for sure. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, put a, a turkey out in front of me, and I'll handle that too, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> is is Ukhag saying he's a turkey fucker? <laughs> oh boy! Well, I wasn't gonna say it, but there it is. It like that turkey are just out on the table now. Uh, they're they're delicious to eat. Do you not do half elves not eat turkey? I don't understand. Well, yeah, in the yeah the elves, it's mostly like oatmeal. It's pretty much it, to be honest. <laughs> some, some granola. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, granola uh, sounds Luke, more going to sort of like spit on the ground at the mention of like non-protein based diet things. <laughs> Ukog is very swole. <laughs> yeah, this is this is my uh my swole phase. Uh I'm going to cut my water intake here soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, just like really, really into keto right now, so uh <laughs> Uh, what, what about, what about you? What, uh, you said your name was Winthrow? Yeah. With a double D there in the middle. If you know <laughs> what I mean. Or maybe you're like more into turkeys. So I don't, sorry. It was a little blue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know how a name would be blue, but, uh, yeah, sure. Um, what, well, what brings you here, Winthrow? Well, you know, just like everybody else, I'm out here trying to find the disappeareds. And, you know, just like trying to get away from home, find some stuff that's more interesting. You know, just like get out, see the world. Oh, yeah. I I understand wanting to get away from home. Yeah. Yeah. And he kind of like, just like looks off. Yeah. Yeah, Ukog does the same thing, actually, so we're both just, like, looking in different directions at that. I would like to say that one of them probably inadvertently looks in the direction that Felix is, who is perched above Bast, sort of, like, measuring his pointy half-elf ears with his index finger and thumb, and then comparing it to his own pointy ears, trying to determine who has the biggest ears. Cool. <laughs> this Bast, makes Bast you know that very description depends a lot on, on yeah. your <laughs> and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of like uh, use my shoulder length hair to cover my ears. <laughs> it, was, it was it was sitting back behind my ears, but now I sort of take the, take my hair down. I seem really disappointed as I walk away and like kind of kick at a leaf on the ground and just like mumble. He said not to kick the leaves. Yeah. <laughs> Great job! Like uh, you see, Hieronymus bark, Drew Deer shout, and Ingus uh, uh, claps his hands. He says, "Someone was listening, and someone else wasn't." Do you know what that means? It means someone violated rule number four. 
you're wow it means first of all that the person who remembered rule number four gets this very special piece of crystallized ginger uh, and he hands you uh, that a piece of crystallized ginger to you there chuck oh yes inspiration for later and it means also that that i have something very special for you too felix oh it's fantastic uh, and he pulls out uh, uh, a cap uh, that is uh, written uh, with the word dunce on it and places it <laughs> on your head. And he says, now everyone will know where you are. Okay, everyone keep a very special eye on Felix. And he kind of shrugs uh, and he kind of looks over at you, uh, Drew Deer, uh, and is like, good instincts. Yeah, kids these days, they just don't have respect for anything. Uh, don't I know it. I, I immediately tear up the dunce cap, toss it into the woods, just totally littering, and then uh, sit uh, with my arms crossed, looking at the ground. Just to be clear, all the rest of us are walking, so you just like, sit <laughs> in the middle of the road. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, so if, if you do want to sit in the middle of the road, so two things happen. So first of all, when you uh, uh, reach up to, to, to get that cap, I think you do it in kind of a fit and a rage, and you kind of toss it off of you. When you see that, uh, you can pass your hand through it, and you'll notice it's an illusion. Uh, and there's a slight glow on Ingus's hand. That's okay, old man. That's okay. We'll see who has the last laugh out of this one. That's right. At the moment, it's all of us. Done! <laughs> <laughs> I look really ashamed and red-faced and just, like, sit in the back of the group muttering to myself. Uh, yeah, Wiley kind of nudges you, Drew Deer, and it's like, it's it's always good to have you know someone in the you know punching bag in the group keeps uh keeps the rest of the people happy at at a very minimal cost to sort of cohesion. <laughs> That's the story of our college life. <laughs> <laughs> Feels too familiar. <laughs> supposed to be playing a character. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, anybody else want to do anything or talk to anybody as you travel through the forest? That sounded like a no. <laughs> That's a no. Silence <laughs> no. is no here in the forest. Okay, mm -hmm. so as you guys uh, continue on to your encampment, nothing really all that strange or mysterious happens. You're maybe even beginning to think that uh, you're not too sure about all of these rules and things. It's been sort of a normal hike in a very dense forest. But you do have to admit you have no idea how Hieronymus and Ingus are navigating this forest. Uh, the path moves in strange ways they don't seem to always follow it um they're doing uh, other kinds of things uh it seems to sort of navigate through the area but as long as you follow them they walk confidently through the woods uh, and eventually you guys end up into a large clearing uh the forest uh kind of melts away a little bit and you can see it uh, continue on some ways ahead of you but uh, for the most part, you're in a more sort of rolling hills, uh, open fields with a not uh, shoulder high grass. We'll say about uh, uh, a little above knee high grass, um, such that both Hieronymus and uh, Ingus's heads stick out over it. Uh, and eventually, you guys get to a place where it looks like it's been cut away, and there is a small fire circle in it. And uh, Ingus gestures around. He says, "We've been using this camp for a long time. It's our best halfway point to to dug in." It's a safe area, so you guys should feel safe here. Um, go ahead and bed down. Uh, and when you guys are ready, I'll tell you sort of what we'll do for the evening. 
I would like to whip out my bedroll, um, kind of lay it down, and then I'll look around and say, so it's close to sunset. Who's taking first watch? Oh, I don't mind. So Inga says, yeah, about that. Um, if you guys are, are all set, we should go two by two. Uh, he says, that's the best bet. Always have one eye open on you. Everybody else can bed down, and, and we'll switch out through the night. Uh, he says, Hieronymus and I will get up last. Uh, we'll get things ready in the morning uh, so that we can all head out on time, and we'll make sure that you're woken up and safe and easy travel to Duggan. No problem. And you'll make the hot chocolate. He says, what do you think this big pot's for? As he reaches into uh, Hieronymus's, uh saddlebag and pulls out various cooking utensils as he begins to build a fire. Dang, that shed has everything. <laughs> not, not a shed. Not a shed. Just a dog. Uh, <clears throat> as that's happening, Ukog is going to approach Drew Deer and um, sort of bow very respectfully and say, Oh, honored, honored elder, it is, uh, it is a pleasure and a joy to walk with uh, one of your stature. Well, jeez, kid. Ugog, right? Uh, yes, Ugog. Just, you don't, you don't need to bow. What are you doing? Uh, well, of course I do. You're, uh, you're obviously uh, a respected elder. It's, it's honorable to do so. I'm def I'm definitely an elder, especially compared to you fools. Yeah, well, yes, and that, and because of this, we should respect and listen uh, to your opinion and go to you as a source of knowledge and uh, intelligence. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea. I've seen a lot of stuff in my day, especially in the forest out here. Spent a lot of time in the woods. When I hear you say that, uh, Bast would like to offer to sign up to do the watch, whichever watch shift you're going to do, uh, to do the watch with you. Sure. I mean, should we draw straws? I'm comfortable going any time. Well, you're an elf, right? You don't sleep that much. Only a half elf. Hmm. So unfortunately, still need to sleep. Unfortunately. Well, <laughs> if you didn't, uh, Ingus nods and is like, "It's truly one of the greatest pleasures in life." Never understood that meditation shit. This dude gets it. <laughs> Why don't we roll dice to see who is on the watch? We'll roll d four, and the first two people who have the same number go on watch together. Seems really convoluted, but okay. Oh man, there's like maybe just talk to each other and figure out. Who yeah. Was, <laughs> like, okay, I'll, I'll go last. A number, and I go to sleep. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, uh, that works. I think I go. Well, I'm 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 with him, and then just also go to sleep. <laughs> Ingus kind of looks over at the remaining three of you guys that are awake, and he says, um, uh, "Don't worry, watch isn't that hard." Uh, and you see that he now is pulling out some other things out of Hieronymus' saddlebag, uh, and it looks like trap equipment. Um, and he begins to go around to various bushes and, and things in the area around his uh, his uh, campsite and begin to set and lay traps. Uh, cool, I guess. What, Seems... what are you trying to trap? Uh, I'm not trying to trap anything. I'm trying to give us a moment if anything comes after us. 
what should we be expecting in the night? Spirits? Uh, You're going to trap spirits with those? Beavers. It's what you usually trap, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, He says, it's just a precaution. It's It's not a total security measure. From the beavers? From from anything. That's why we still have people on watch. But yeah, the beavers are a concern. Great, great big things here. Nick, does, chop down redwoods. Does <laughs> do his traps have uh, a unrestricted like laser grid as as a part of their? Uh, no. But you know, you're a rogue, and and you know, it's sort of like you've got that proficiency in trap making, right? Uh, um, <laughs> good question. Maybe I don't think so. Do I? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll say, it. I mean, like, because uh, I would say this, uh, you, as you watch him, uh, he goes about it methodically and carefully uh, and expertly. But, and, and you notice, like, all the traps he sets are probably non-lethal lethal, and primarily, like, alarms or, or other kinds of, of means of, like, uh, uh, tripping up or, like, trapping things for, like, a period of time. Huh. Yeah, I, I feel safe right before I fall unconscious. Uh, so then, yeah, I guess he looks at the three of you and says, well, then, if you and uh, 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 Bast here, Drew Deer, would like to take uh, f- uh, first or second watch, uh, he'll look over at Ukog, uh, and he'll say, um, uh, what about you, fella? You look like a tough one. You could probably take one on your own. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's fine. Um, if if the honored uh, Drew Deer wants to awake me when when... Their watch is over, then I would gladly do it. Sure thing, kid. <laughs> okay, uh, so Ingus nods, uh, and he says, all right, then it'll be your responsibility to wake up these two nincompoops. They won't have to wake up, Hieronymus and I. We'll be up. Uh, with that, unless you guys want to chat anymore, I think it's time to bed down and uh, do some perception checks, or tell me what you guys want to do on your watch. When we start the watch, I'd like to chat up Drew Deer. Drew Deer, uh, were you saying you're from these woods? Oh, I'm from here and there. Spend most of my life traveling around different woods in the area. You know, as a turtle, I carry my home with me. Why do you ask? So, would you happen to know about strange goings-on in the woods? I mean, nothing too strange around here. Lots of woodland creatures. Um, It seems like these days, there's been more and more people... Disappearing in the woods, but I, I don't know too much about it. That's why we're here. We're gonna try to figure out what's happening. Do you do you know anything? You don't want to share with the group. Well, do you know any woodland creatures that are like elks, but really, really big? Hmm. Can't say I've come across one of those. Not yet. Hmm. I I have seen a creature like this before. And I was hoping you would maybe have experience with it or know more about it. Like a like a caribou? <laughs> I I don't know. I think I think bigger still. How big's mm. a caribou? It's pretty big. If you haven't seen one before, it's really big. <laughs> this the thing I saw was really big. Well, how do you know how big it was? Did you uh <laughs> did you <laughs> did you did you get close to it? Did you touch it? I didn't touch it, but I, I got pretty close to it. Hmm. Well, probably just another woodland creature. I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the advice. Sure. 
<laughs> uh, Liz, you you know you can you also do a nature check if you want. Like you could consult your your knowledge if you wanted to see if there was something. Nah. Sure, I'll 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 rattle my brain. I think you committed to not knowing. <laughs> yeah, I mean that might be right. It's a it's a role play. I'm just I'm laying out your options. I'm not telling you what to do. You do- know, it doesn't sound familiar. I'm a little bit forgetful, but. <laughs> does does he like literally rattle his brain inside his old turtle skull? Like, I just want to hear like <laughs> you don't, yeah, you 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 don't hear your anything. Your brain and, like, ding, ling, ling, ling. It's not like marbles in a cardboard box <laughs> or anything. <laughs> Everyone knows turtles are brains are in their shell. That's why it's hard to protect it. Dum dum. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so why don't you guys roll me some perception checks for your watch? I assume you're actively searching uh, the the area, right? Yeah, we're doing yeah. good watch stuff. I roll a 22 for perception. And I roll a 4. For the most part, your watch is uneventful. You guys kind of watch the sun go down. Uh, but you guys are privy to a sight that not everybody else is. Liz, uh, you immediately notice, at, like, behind it, it's almost like it's kind of washing the, the, the heavens clean and, and reflecting them in a weird way, such that the stars that, that fall behind the moon are different than the ones that you saw uh, would normally see in the sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can you can kind of tell that. But again, maybe this isn't news to you. And so you guys kind of uh, hang out in, uh, in that pale light, and uh, there not much seems to happen until there is a rustle that both of you hear very audibly uh, and can see movement coming from uh, nearby the, the sort of like dense area of the forest as bushes and things are rustling. Shortly after that, a a small baby black bear bursts out of the forest and seems to be like running uh, towards you guys. Ah, oh, well, does it does it look scared or ready to attack? Yeah, it looks totally terrified because not long after it, it uh, something else comes bounding out of the forest. Uh, you see a flash of light uh, as uh, uh, a humanoid bursts out of the forest like with a small but very very bright shiny curved blade in his hand um, he's wearing a white robe and he seems to be chasing madly after the small baby bear both of these things to you guys maybe seem a little inhumanly fast uh, mm-hmm. as, as they chase uh, as he chases the bear over towards near where he how far away from us is this happening 45 feet and is Ingus still with us Ingus and Hieronymus are asleep uh, you notice that he pulled out a tent and he's actually like in there Man. So he's there, but he's committed to like, yeah, he's like not. not yeah, he like, wakes up very early. And so like he goes to sleep and he gets his rest so that he, he can like uh, guide you guys out of the forest. Gotcha. Well, yeah, let's tr- um, we should wake up Ingus. I'm going to throw a rock at his tent. See if we can get him rustling. Give me like a, a, a deck saving throw or something. Uh, Harrison, while she's throwing a thing, what do you want to do? For the moment, I'm going to just watch them and see if they get closer to us. And if it looks like the bear isn't in any danger. I'm I'm very worried for this this poor bear. Yeah, there's there's no sense in which you, you think this bear is not in danger. Like there like it is it is actively running away uh from this guy with the knife. Uh and, and the guy with the knife is is uh gaining on it. And so as, as Liz as you throw a uh, rock, what did you get for your I rolled like, a sixteen for my rock throwing. Oh, nice what do you work. think the AC of a thin walled cloth tent is? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was more to see if you if you if it would like wake him up. It would like hit. So you throw it right through the flaps, um, and it and it rattles around in there, uh, and you and you hear some stirring, like oh jeez. But it takes a minute. Uh, Harrison, uh, the other thing that you guys notice is that bear when it sees you guys now, as it sort of crests over a hill, 
it it beelines uh, back to the to the force of the trees, kind of away from you, seeing like a, another threat. Mm-hmm. And then you notice that like this uh, this guy chasing it is really gaining on it as as he's able to sort of cut the distance. Okay, how how far Which, away did you say they are right now? Um, so it was about forty five feet before. Uh, now I'll say at forty five feet, that bear like beelined in the other direction, so they're going actually away from. Mm-hmm. So which one is closer to us, the bear or the the chaser? Technically the bear, uh, but only by about like uh, uh, 10 feet or so. Um, Ingus is stirring and he's kind of waking up uh, and he sticks his head out. Uh, you notice he's got like a nightcap on and through bleary eyes. He's kind of like, what's wrong? Did one of the traps go off? Well, there's some rustling. In a very concerned way, I'd like to point to the scene over uh, that we're witnessing and ask Ingus if the bear needs our help. And he looks around and he says, my contracts are safe, so everything's fine. Um, and he says, I'd recommend you not leave the area around the traps. Listen, guys, I gave you the rules. I need my sleep if we're going to make it out of here. Please, uh, you know, wake me up for something important. Um, and he <laughs> says, my job is to keep you guys safe, not everything else in the forest. That's impossible. And he sticks his head back into the um, the tent. Jeez, Ingus. Drudier, dude, that bear looks like it needs our help. Do you yeah, think I that... think we should go. Let's I... let's go. <laughs> I vote we go rescue the bear. Oh, Harrison, horse defender. It's not a rule that we have to stay here. It's just a rule not to trust the voices and, you know, don't look up. We'll be fine. <laughs> I think so, too. I I would like to, as quickly as possible, try and uh, interpose myself between the bear and it's Hunter, if I can catch up to them. Sure. Uh, why don't you guys both give me... Uh, let's try to keep it out of initiative. Uh, so what, why don't you guys both give me dex checks to see if you can catch up to them? Uh-oh. This is not a good stat for me. <laughs> or, or, or to Harrison, though, you can give me athletics. Actually, athletics makes the most sense here. Sorry. So that, that can be strength. That's a strength-based. Oh, that's way better. Let's see. Yeah, sorry. It probably is for Liz, too. Yeah, you uh, guys should roll athletics. 14 for me, then. 21 for me. Ooh. Okay. Uh, Harrison... Um, deep, deep stirring within your soul, you hear a primal cry. Um, like th- this, this thing is in trouble. Uh, and and you're and you just book it. Um, uh, and you and you see yourself kind of chasing down this uh this man in a white robe. Drudier, you're a little bit slower, but you're still gaining on him too. Uh, however, Drudier, with your perception check from earlier, uh, you notice that there's something kind of strange uh, uh about these uh both both the bear and the um uh the person that you're chasing down uh they glow faintly both of them mm-hmm. w- while catching up with them i'd like to draw my greatsword uh within a few minutes uh you catch up to him hmm i think i would like to sort of lunge and try and grapple him uh liz you're gonna see this kind of happen in front of you too you're and when i say that you're you're just behind him literally you're just like maybe five five to ten feet behind him. So what, what do you want to do? Sure. I'm going to ready the spell Entangle. We'll see how this this great jumping lunge goes from my young and flexible friend, um, Bast. But I'm going to keep close and ready Entangle. I, th- I think this is like a tackle. So like, give me that athletics again, like to, to try to like dive on this guy. Okay. Ooh, that'd be a sit. Okay. Oh, uh, Harrison, nothing, nothing can stop you. Uh, you, you feel the, the, the sort of like weight and force of your god, 
uh, driving you forward on this holy mission as you dive forward um, uh, into them. Uh, and when you do, you notice that you pass directly through the man and the black bear, and you begin to fall in towards the tree line. Give me a dexterity saving throw. Uh, Drew Deer, do the same as you try to uh, plant your feet and bring yourself to a stop. Dex saving, huh? <laughs> That'd be an eight for me. Oh boy. Both of you fall into a large pit <laughs> that seems to have been like uh, covered over uh, near the edge of the tree line. Uh, and both of you guys are smart. This has this has uh, Ingus written all over it like a normal trap. Uh, but as you sort of pass through these images, uh, you fall and you take 1d6 falling damage, except for Drew Deer, who's going to take half. Is that a turtle thing? Uh, no, she just made the save. Oh. Uh, sorry, Drew Deer made the save. He made the save. Um, so that's three. So Harrison, take three falling damage. Okay. Uh, as you you kind of like, boof, really hard uh, uh, face first down into this pit. Liz will say that you kind of like nimbly and turtly wiggle down the the wall and do it. And so you only take one damage. Uh, sorry, two damage. Uh, down there, you know, this is a pretty deep hole. Uh, you reckon it's about uh, 15 feet deep. It's kind of hard to do a lateral up. It'll take a kind of climb to get out of it. Um, so what do you guys want to do down in the hole? Well, I'm not uh, I'm not the, the best climber. I'm going to, you know, point to my shell. Do, do you need a boost, Drew Deer, to help get out? No, I think I might uh, I might go into spider mode. I can climb out very easily, but I won't be able to help you. I think I should be okay. I think you, I, I think you, you should get the manage. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. Give me if you guys want to try to climb out or do whatever you want to do. Give me a climb check. Okay. Twenty for me. Ooh, Harrison. Oh, oh, oh. Nice. I'm gonna turn. Well, I'll. I'm gonna try to climb first. What's the worst that could happen? I'm a giant turtle. I probably won't hurt myself when I fall. I mean, well, that's the what best that, that could happen. <laughs> I climb like my life depended on it, and I rolled a twenty-two. <laughs> as you humble brag and then uh, about like well you know, I'm not too good at climbing and then you crit hit as you sort of like quickly and, and, and nimbly climb up this, this muddy wall like Harrison this is hard you're, you're getting through it kind of through raw strength too just like shoving your hands into raw mud and dirt and, and getting yourself up quick but you both do do it it does take a little bit out of you uh, but you're okay you guys get out of the hole and you're kind of sitting in the middle of the forest when you hear a kind of giggle and a laugh Harrison, you can't see it, but Drew Deer, you do. Um, there, there's a on a branch a small-looking little dragon that's puffing uh, wild smoke from its nostrils and going like and giggling and like mm-hmm, not not bad mortals. Uh, and then he sort of flies off. Hmm. Well, Bass, I there seems to be a lot of spirits in these woods. I think maybe we should be heading back to camp. Let's, yeah, let's think- not look for any more weird dragons in the trees. He said, don't look up. That was the number one rule. I think we should head back, but I just really feel like we let that bear down. <sighs> well, maybe. I know I'm not going to get a good sleep on after our watch is done. That was it's pretty upsetting. This is this is the way of life in the forest. It's hard. It's hard for all animals, us included. I mean, look at you, kid. I'll point to your ble- bleeding elbows or something. <laughs> Oh, that's nothing. I'll be fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, so do you guys want to head back to camp or do you want to do anything else? Yeah, I yeah. think 
Yeah. Defeated. I'm going to kind of go back with my head held low. <laughs> Fortunately, no one is awake to see it or, or your failure. It's up to you guys to reveal that. Uh, and indeed, you hear like snoring, uh, very loud snoring coming from Ingus's tent. You're not sure if it's Ingus or Hieronymus. Um, uh, that'll bring it to our... Uh, so you guys can wake up the next people, uh, which will just be Ukog. Yeah. I'll I'll wake him up. He asked. He, Judy, yeah, I think he, he felt really strongly about you waking him up. Yeah, I'll I'll talk to the kid. Why don't you tuck in for the night? That sounds that sounds good. I'm gonna cast some good berries before I go to bed. Or wait, I can't do that yet. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> so yeah, I'll let you go to sleep, and I'll wake up Lukog. Uh, uh, Time to rise and shine. Honor, honor Drew, dear. Uh, you need me? Yeah, it's your turn on watch. Uh, okay, excellent. Uh, how is your watch? Oh, it could have gone a little better. We saw there's some rustling in the woods out there. Seems like a couple of spirits, some bear spirits. I don't, I don't really know what they're up to. I just try to ignore them if you can. Bear spirits rec- uh, represent strength and protection where I'm from. Hmm. Well, this one was getting chased down, so I don't know what that means where you're from. Uh, well, I I have a story where I'm from about the bear that got chased, but uh, it's kind of long, and uh, I don't remember at all, but it, it has a moral. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. So it's a story. Yeah, Good. you could tell. You could tell me about it later. Excellent. And maybe I'll think of it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll tuck her in. Uh, it, that just mean you just hop in your shell. Um. Uh, yeah, Harrison. What do you? Do you have a bedroll? Oh yeah, I have a bedroll. Uh, that I grab out of my backpack and unfurl. Uh, then that'll bring us to uh. Ukog, you want to give me a perception check? Let me know how your yeah. watch goes. Yeah, uh, let's do this. Oh, I rolled an 11 for perception check. It's just you by the crackling fire, the strange sky above. Um, I don't know if you really care about stars or not, but you wouldn't really, I mean, it's a weird looking sky, but you wouldn't really notice a difference uh, between it and any other sort of clear night. So do you think he's not interested in stars because he's an orc? Because that feels speciesist. I said I don't know who you are. <laughs> I was letting, I was waiting for Colin to do it. I'm uh, sorry, for Kyle to tell me what it is. Um, you know, I wasn't reading in anything. <laughs> it sounds like that's something you were doing. By bringing it up, you indeed are the speciest, Cal. Internalized speciesism is a real issue, people. Uh, whoops. Clapping emoji for yes. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Um, so Ukog, uh, he is definitely like sort of, he's paying attention, um, but with the 11 perception check, we'll say that he is a little bit, uh, preconceived with his own thoughts as he stares into the flames of the fire. Yeah, I think that's great. You're like staring into the flames of the fire and, uh, you know, man, what a dazzling fire. And have you ever really seen a fire move like that? Uh, like, man, and, and you, you know, see strange images and, and different things. You can see characters in it. Uh, you see, uh, it looks like at some point they form bars, uh, in various ways. You see small little figures, uh, sitting around. Uh, man, it's really, really kind of 
it's hard to take your eyes off of it. Uh, and then when you turn to your left, you notice that there is a, uh, a, a small, pale girl with uh, long, wet hair um, and a kind of, like, uh, shorn, uh, just like the khaki tunic. Um, and, and she kind of, like, tugs at, at, uh, at your, like, hair to get your attention. Uh, so, way to bring up, like, the movie that scares me the most in this. <laughs> not, <laughs> not planned, planned. not planned. Creepy dick. Yeah. Uh, so Ukog <laughs> is going to, like, kind of fall off, uh, the, the log, uh, that he's been sitting on backwards. <laughs> take, yeah, take like one D for it. Falling damage for a six inch log. <laughs> um, and sort of shout um, like a warning to group and pulls his great axe out. Uh, yeah, when you do, you're, you're terrified to find that, that no sound uh, escapes from your mouth. Uh, and, it, and it seems like the breath is stuck in your lungs. The, the young girl though, doesn't really move or do anything. She just looks at you carrying the axe and, and she asks you, Is everybody happy? Is everyone okay? Uh, oh, well, who's, who's truly happy? She says, Good point. I never was. Uh, and you watch then as the, the girl's fingers uh, and then uh, fall off of her uh, hands. Nope. <laughs> one of her, uh, <laughs> and then one of her knees came, seems to come unhinged as she falls to the ground, and all of her pieces begin to fall off in, in horrible carved ways. Um, give me a wisdom saving throw, please. What's wrong with you, Nick? <laughs> I I need a real life wisdom saving throw now. I'm not sleeping tonight. <laughs> we, we shouldn't play this late at night. This is bad. All <laughs> right. Nineteen. Guys, it's dark. 19. Okay, but you, like, uh, you, you pull back. Uh, Ingus's rules come into your head. You realize that this is merely a vision, and, and you see the child uh, uh, begin to kind of, like, fade away uh, very carefully. It must have just been some kind of spirit. You, you, you sort of shake it off, um, and you take um, half of the following psychic damage. Oh, uh, you don't take any psychic. It's just a one. So you don't take any psychic damage. You, you steal yourself against it. Excellent. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so uh, does so. the, I guess does the spirit disappear after that? Or is it? Yeah, it just fades away. Uh, and then, like, you kind of blink, and you realize you're sitting down, even though you fell over, and your axe isn't in your hand. It, it, it's very strange. That is very strange. Uh, Ukog is going to sort of, like, snap himself out of it, um, and start, uh, watching a little bit more, uh, closely i guess uh yeah and, and that serves you well you you scan the terrain uh intrusive thoughts don't really bother you anymore for the rest of your watch and uh, and the rest of your watch is uneventful excellent so when my time is up i will go over to uh felix and winthrow sort of like uh not very gently reach down with my foot and sort of like shake them awake in their sleep sacks hey uh, it's, it's your turn now. Oh, shit. Okay. Ow. God. So, <laughs> when, um, 
uh, Ukog uh, kind of rustles me with his foot. First off, I want to say I don't have a sleep sack. I, I sleep just totally just without any kind of cover blanket, just curled in the fetal position on the dirt. In the nude. No, just not in the nude. No, in my clothes. Like, I didn't take anything off. Like, my pack is still on me. Uh, and when he when he rustles me with his foot or kicks me or, or whatever, uh, I spring up onto, like, uh, my tippy toes and draw a knife and look around wildly. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, God, what time is it? <laughs> <laughs> two, two kinds of people. Right. <laughs> Pre-coffee and post-coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Ukog will say, oh, settle it. It's your watch. He kind of gives Felix a dirty look, and but then nods at Winthrop and says, uh, "It it is time." I I love the idea. You're not threatened by this. Yeah, not that at like all. That, that it's just like, oh, he's ready. <laughs> That's a good orc. <laughs> uh, I I would not trust this uh, the shady one to to watch on his own, Winthrop. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Well, I know how to take care of myself very, very, very well. Thank you very much. I survived pretty much solo. Pretty much uh, solo on the street. Okay, I get it. Fuck, I'm awake. Uh, fine. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I sullenly walk over to the edge of the camp. <laughs> I feel more alone than I ever have, and I grew up an orphan. <laughs> <laughs> don't put, don't put that on me. <laughs> Don't try to make me feel bad. That's up to you. Fine, I don't feel bad. <laughs> that, that that was sorted out quickly. Yeah, I kind of like blearily stumble to the fire and like hold my hands in front of the fire and then like stretch my back and yawn um, and like look longingly at my um, blanket laying on the ground. And then kind of like sigh, and then turn toward the outside. And well, okay, here we go. Hey, I'm not sure. Is Winthrop sleepy? No, no, no. He's wide awake, my dude. <laughs> wide <just> awake. <laughs> and then I roll my perception check. Oh, yeah, give me, give me those perception checks. I roll a 14, which is pretty good for my current state. Ha <laughs> uh, that's a that's a that's an awesome seven from the from the rogue. You just <laughs> confirmed everything Ukog was worried about, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Single digits, yo. Hey, I mean, we're at level one. Like fourteen is is, is good. Yeah. Um, whether it's good enough is a good question. Um. Oh boy. You guys are kind of like watching uh, around the area of the forest. You don't see any wrestling. You don't see any kind of movement or, or anything like that. At a certain point, you guys do start to notice uh, that the fire is dimming, though it seems to have plenty of fuel and various other things. And you realize it's not actually that the fire is, is getting smaller. It's just that the light is being dampened out. Uh, but you're not really sure how or where that's coming from. Uh, could you guys give me wisdom saving throws? Yes. Ooh, 21 with a crit bomb! Jesus. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, 20, not a crit, so... So definitely worse than me. <laughs> <laughs> you guys kind of look around, and then you notice that there are, like, tendrils 
of inky mist uh, uh, whipping around through the camp that you didn't notice before. It's almost kind of like, uh, you know, the, the normal things that you see go out of focus as this kind of, like, weird flowing, like, floating black mist uh, comes in. Um, both of you guys breathe it in inadvertently, and you feel that it's, like, cold, like, down in it. It's kind of shock, gives you a shock to your system. But, um, and, and you feel as though, like, whispers are coming into your mind. But both of you are, are, are very uh, intelligent people and, and kind of have uh, trained minds for one reason or another and are able to kind of block them out and keep your, your focus value. Can I tell if it's a spirit trying to, trying to fuck with my mind? How would you like to do that? You want to, like, blow an Archon or something? Yeah. I was thinking that just, like, with that crit wisdom save, I would probably already know. I mean, like, yeah, you, you, yeah, I, 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 if nothing else, like, this is magical, and this is strange, and, and, and it almost gives a vibe of sentience to you. Okay. Ugh. Just, like, um... I find it fascinating, actually. So Felix is, like, feeling the cold, and even though he can, like, allow himself to kind of look past the whispers, he's listening intently. And I would like to... Uh, sort of start kind of walking, um, cautiously, uh, into the woods to try to find the, the source of this, like, crazy, sort of, like, shadowy effect. Um, and I see him kind of, like, Pepe Le Pew, <laughs> like, onto a tendril of stink. Um, <laughs> and he's, like, following it. And I'm like, uh, F- Felix, don't remember uh, rule number three. Respect the spirits, but don't trust them. You don't trust the spirits, my man. Um, well, I, don't, I don't have to trust them. I just, I want, to, I just want to talk. It, it, don't you? Definitely, I do not. Uh, and I cast Mage Hand, and I slap him. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a like, uh, slight pressure passes across your face. <laughs> Exactly. Like, like, isn't it like how, how much can Mage Hand hold? Is it ten pounds, pounds, which is a lot. Of yeah, that's pressure. Scary. If you get hit with ten pounds in the face, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it does say it can't attack, but this is more of just like a hey, a thing that I'm doing. It's like a hey. Sure. Yeah. Like at the impact, I look uh, stunned, like uh, like a toddler who's being punished. You know, it's just like oh, uh, and and like. You know, like, I can't believe that you did that. So Felix just looks at you and it's just like, I always thought that, you know, like, once I saw some people like me, they might treat me with a little bit of respect. I want everybody else in my life, but oh no, I was wrong. You know. Hey, hey, my dude. Hey, my dude. I'm trying to save your life right now. You're trying to wander off into a, a super scary forest. I can take care of myself, I say, as you I def- run, can literally oh, run into the woods. All right. Dying to know if Calm makes it out of the forest alive, or even just finds anyone to be nice to him? Then join us next week on PlayQuest for episode 2 of The Veil. If you're picking up what we're putting down, then there's a few ways that you could reach out to us to let us know. First of all, give us a 5-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, you can say hi to us on Twitter, at PlayQuestPod, that's our handle there. Or you can send us an email to playquestpod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. 
We'd like to give a big thank you to our audio engineers, Dave and Kevin, for coming up with the creepy music that is our intro and outro of these episodes. So if you have nightmares, you can thank them. See you all here next week.